Now, at one time or another, we have all looked up to someone. Now, now whether it be a parent, a teacher, an idol even. Now, this is an action that is commonly acquainted with discipleship. But what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who follows another person and learns from them. So in our case, we are, or at least we should be, also disciples of Jesus. We should be like him. So tonight we are going to examine three evidences that we are truly following Christ. Please turn in your Bibles to John 8, 31 through 32. That's John 8, 31 through 32. It reads, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple. And in verse 32, it says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So Jesus says that one clear evidence of the fact that we are following him is that we will abide in his words. So with our first study tonight, let us ask the question, what does it mean to abide in the words of Jesus? For one, those who abide in Jesus' words are those who read and study it. In Ezra 7.10, Ezra had great influence because he read and studied the Bible. And in Nehemiah 8.8, it says when, Jesus, when Ezra sorry, <clears throat> stood, up, stood up to instruct the people, the Bible says he read from the book, from the law of God, distinctively and gave the sense, so that the people understood the reading. And in Acts 8.30, Philip, don't know why I keep saying Jesus, I'm sorry. Philip asked the man who was reading the Bible, do you understand what you are reading? And Jesus often asked the question, have you not read what is written in scripture? As we see in Matthew 12, verses three and five. This all tells us that reading demands a commitment of time, energy, and effort, as does everything else worthwhile in life. In order to truly learn God's word, we must read and study it thoughtfully. We will not abide in the words of Christ if we never take time to read them. Secondly, those who abide in Jesus' words are those whose lives show that scripture is critically important to them. We are to think highly of the word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. In Job 23, 12, it says, it is to be treasured more than our necessary food. And in Acts 20.32, it is described as the word of God's grace to us. And in Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So not only are we to think highly of it, we must demonstrate by our lives that we think highly of it. We do this when we use the word to resist temptation, as Jesus did in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Three times Jesus was tempted, and three times he said, it is written, therefore quoting scripture. Matthew 4, verse 4, 7, and 10. We do this by making sure our attitudes are right, not just our actions. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Romans 12, 2. 
And in Philippians 2.5, it says we are to have the mind of Christ. And in Acts 17.11, it says we are to listen to God's word with all eagerness and readiness to obey. And lastly, those who abide in Jesus' words are those who obey, especially when obeying is difficult. We must obey God rather than men, Acts 5.29. And we must obey God even when it's unpopular. In John 12.42-43, some wouldn't confess Christ because they were just afraid of being cast out of the synagogue by the Pharisees. We also must obey God even if we feel like we're the only ones doing so. In 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 17, Paul said that at his first defense, all of his friends deserted him and only the Lord stood with him. This tells us that abiding in the word of Christ means that we will be loyal to Jesus, especially when it's difficult to do so. So in conclusion, a true disciple is known by the fact that he abides in the words of Christ. So what does your relationship with scripture say about your discipleship? Good evening. Not only do we show that we are following Jesus by listening to and obeying his words, but we also demonstrate our discipleship through our love for one another. If we could all turn to John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Once again, that is John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. <clears throat> The scripture reads, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so also are you to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. In this statement, Jesus tells us two things about our discipleship. Number one, that if we truly follow Jesus, we will love other disciples. And number two, that if we love other disciples, the world will be able to see that we are following Jesus. Since love for disciples is evidence that we are following Jesus, let us think about three specific areas in which we could show this love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Point number one, we demonstrate our love for others by being patient with them. First Corinthians chapter 13, as we were just singing, it says love is patient. Love is long-suffering, some versions would say. To demonstrate patience is one of the many ways that we show love for, for others. Patience is also one of the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Patience is the decision to respond rather than to react. It's the way that God treats us. If we look at 2 Peter chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 9, says he is patient towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Once again, if we look to God, Jesus specifically, we see that he was always patient with his disciples and those who came to him. Without patience, we truly lack, we could potentially lack other qualities such as humility, wisdom, forgiveness, and love itself. We cannot have healthy relationships without showing patience. 
Our second point, we demonstrate love for others by being kind to them. Once again, in that same exact passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 also says that love is kind. That means that we have goodwill towards others in both our hearts and our actions. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, we are commanded to be kind, kind to one another, tenderhearted, we are to put off sinful practices and put on kindness. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. We are to add kindness to our character as we grow in godly behavior. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. And once again, let's observe Jesus in this light. He was kind. Yes, he was patient. He was kind to his disciples. But not only them, he was patient and kind to his persecutors as well. Like we see in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, When he suffered... He did not threaten them, nor did he revile them. Those who are truly disciples of Jesus will be known by their kindness towards others. And our third point, we, dem we demonstrate our love for others by thinking of others before ourselves, or selflessness. One way we can be selfless, by thinking highly of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Philippians chapter 2 Verses 3 and 4, they tell us that we ought to think of others as better than ourselves. We can also be selfless by showing gratitude to one another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When we sincerely say thank you to one another and being gracious to one another for the things that we've done, we're truly being like Jesus because we are, realizing the, we are realizing the blessings that others have brought into our lives. We can also be selfless by listening carefully to one another and being empathetic. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Of the same book, ch chapter 29, verse 20 says, Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And once again, we can see Jesus in this light perfectly. He clearly put others before himself. And as a result, he was recognized for that. He went to the cross and he died for our sins. And as we see once again in Philippians chapter 2, God highly exalted him. He put his name above every name and every knee will bow to him. Likewise, if we imitate the Savior, if we imitate and we follow him, we also will be glorified by God. A disciple loves other disciples, and this is evidence to the world that we follow Jesus. But not only that, not only is it evident to the world, we must consider that in all stages of our life, in all stages of our discipleship, the way that we treat our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ through patience, through kindness, through selflessness, this must be evident to the world, but most importantly, this must be evident to God in all things that we do. Tonight we have learned that a disciple is one who abides in God's word, John 8, 31 through 32, and loves other disciples, John 13, 34 through 35. Not only are those qualities necessary for being a follower of Jesus, but we, but we must also bear fruit. If you will turn into your Bibles to John 15, five through eight, 
This passage is about abiding in Jesus, and it is on page 901 in your, in your Pewback Bibles. John 15, 5 through 8. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Jesus says that we prove to be his disciples when we bear much fruit. Let's think about some of the fruit that every Christian ought to be producing. Number one, the fruit of good works. Colossians 1.10 says we are to walk in a manner fully of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus went about doing good in Acts 10.38. It also tells us that we were saved so that we could do good works, Ephesians 2.10. Jesus said, let your sight let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. If we are truly disciples of Jesus, then we ought to be interested in doing as much good in as many ways to as many people as possible. Number two, the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, the Bible tells us that if we follow Jesus, we will bear the fruit of the Spirit. This includes the following qualities, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When God is truly in control of our lives, our attitudes will change for the better. Our selfishness and pride are replaced with kindness, gentleness, and peace. If someone were to judge us based on how much of the fruit of the Spirit they could see in our lives, would it be obvious that we are Jesus' disciples? Number three, the fruit of new souls being saved. Proverbs 11.30 says, Whoever wins souls is wise. One of the characteristics of living things is that they reproduce themselves. If we have a living faith, we will have the desire to help win other people to Jesus as well. Paul talked about wanting to bring more souls to the kingdom when he went, wrote to the Roman church. If you will turn into your Bibles to Romans 1.13, this is on page 939 in your Pewback Bibles. Romans 1.13. It reads, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some fruit among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. Every time we teach and baptize someone, we are bearing fruit for Jesus and showing that we are truly his disciples. Our fourth and final point, the fruit of cooperation and fellowship. Some people think they can live the Christian life in isolation, but it's just not true. If we are unwilling to cooperate and have fellowship with others, we are missing the opportunity to bear fruit for the Lord. In Romans 15, 26 through 28, 
Paul talked about a contribution that he was bringing from a large number of churches to aid the saints in Jerusalem. He called the fellowship that was being expressed fruit. We display the fruit of fellowship when we show concern for other Christians, when we give generously, and when we pray for God's people to be blessed and prosper. Bottom line, if we are abiding in Christ, we will seek to help and bless and work with other Christians. In conclusion, a true disciple abides in God's word, loves other disciples, and bears much fruit for the Lord. If you are not a disciple of Christ tonight, you can, you can obey the gospel by hearing God's word, believing in Jesus, repenting of your sins, confessing his name, being baptized for the remission of your sins, and bearing fruit for the Lord for the rest of your life. If we can help you obey the gospel, please come forward while we stand and sing. <laughs>